the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Wall Street Journal. White House weighs how to pay for long-term economic program. The Biden administration is looking past its $1.9 trillion corona release bill and starting to consider how to pay for the next round of programs meant to bolster long-term economic growth with investments in infrastructure, clean energy, and education. What they do not tell you, what they do not say, is that almost 90% of that bill went to that. I'm joined now by Governor Larry Hogan of Maryland. Good morning, Governor. How are you? Good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. Thank you. First question out of the box, because it's a headline. Should Governor Cuomo quit? You know, I think that's really a decision for the people of New York. I mean, there's no question these are serious allegations, and uh, they they deserve to be heard. And it looks like there's going to be an investigation, but uh, it's not really up to me to decide that. Uh, If if you were the subject of six allegations like that, even if you knew they weren't true, do you think you could govern? Well, it's certainly going to make it difficult. Uh, you know, all the attention is focused on that. Um, you know, it, it, if they're if they're not true, then that certainly would uh, would, would uh, you know be his reason for standing up and not uh, resigning. But you know, I think we're going to get to the bottom of it and find out if they are or if they're not. But it, no question, it's it's hard to govern when uh, you're in the middle of a firestorm like that. All right, now, Governor, I want to turn to the stimulus package. Maryland is set to receive three point nine billion dollars in direct federal aid. Can you first explain to us how that money gets to you? Where does it go and how does it get divided up? Well, some of that we're still trying to figure out. So there's, um, you know, that's an awful lot of money, first of all. But uh, and all of the states are getting this uh, this windfall, um, much more than we probably needed. Uh, But uh, some of it is some of the stuff in that stimulus bill was helpful. And, uh, you know, it really is going to help people in need. Some of it was just simply pork and and too much wasteful spending. But um, it, we, we haven't gotten uh, Treasury guidance, and not only on how it's going to come to us and when it's going to come to us, but exactly what we can and can't spend it on. Uh, so the money you know, has yet to be dispersed. There was some talk that the, the, the bill allows them to withhold up to 50 percent of it uh, up to 12 months. So we don't know the time frames, uh, when it's going to come, and our budget uh, department and our legal team and our, our federal office are all trying, NGA, which I'm involved in, we're all trying to get uh, some more clear uh, definitions and, uh, and guidelines for how the money's going to be utilized. Well, if you were king of the forest, not queen, not duke, not earl, and someone gave you $4 uh, billion, what would you do as governor? What would you spend it on? Because that's basically the choice that every governor is going to be looking at now. Yeah, well, we're going to try to use every penny of it uh, to, if, to, you know, for people that are really in need and to really stimulate our economy. We're not going to put it into wasteful uh, projects. We're not going to use it to, uh, you know, offset any uh, problems, you know, with a, with a pension or some of these states that did a terrible job of, of, of running their state governments. We're going we're gonna to try to put it in one-time expenditures that can maybe create some jobs. 
Um, I, I think, uh, you know, rather than uh, building up a budget that is unsustainable, because I think it's, uh, it's going to be somewhat of a sugar high. You know, there's going to be all this influx of cash, which uh, may temporarily stimulate the economy or, or cause a lot of inflation or both. Uh, but then it dries up. And so, uh, you know, I, I think we're going to try to put it into things that uh, uh, that we see that can try to help, uh, you know, get, you know, get our economy back on track. Governor, the only government agency in which I served for uh, with a spending authority for 17 years was the Children's Commission. And we actually saved all our money and only spent the interest on the endowment. And therefore, we've never started a program that yeah. we can't fund 20 years later. Would you yeah. consider using this as an endowment for special projects and then just pay the interest off of it like most responsible not-for-profits do? Well, it's a great it's a great idea, but I'm not sure whether this the uh, you know the uh, guidelines for this bill are going to allow us to do that. Um, I'm, you know, I've also got a 70 uh, percent majority in both houses of my legislature that are liberal Democrats that probably have other ideas about how to spend it. So I imagine we're going to have some budget discussions, uh, but I, I don't know that the bill would allow us to do that. But we're, you know, it's all it's all a, it passed without a whole lot of clear definitions, and we're all trying to figure it out. There is one provision, Governor Hogan, which says the, co- the Congress of the United States says we're giving you this money, but you may not cut taxes. Yeah. That is unconstitutional. That's a spending clause restriction that's even greater than the Medicaid expansion restriction. What yeah. do you think of it? Will you sue to get that removed? Well, it's, uh, it's, a, it's a little bit crazy, and I think it was uh, snuck in there at the last moment. Uh, let me tell you, Hugh, we were really fortunate in that just before this happened, uh, in my, um, I'm in the bluest state in America with the 70% Democratic legislature, uh, but I think I'm the only governor in America who convinced a body like that to cut taxes. And so we just pushed through a billion dollar tax relief and stimulus plan of our own in a bipartisan way. Uh, we only had one vote against it. Nearly every Republican and Democrat voted for it. And uh, I signed it into law on March 3rd uh, after, you know, just a couple of weeks after introducing it. So. Um, we got some uh, relief for small businesses and struggling you know, families in our state uh, and with tax cuts, put some more money in their pockets, let them keep some of their own money. Um, and that was before this bill came out. So we just got in under the wire on uh, cutting taxes. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, you know, I, I, I think we're going to have to work our way through this bill. But that was a terrible provision, I think. Do you think other governors who may not have been as lucky as you in timing will object on it? This is a basic constitutional issue that the federal government is attempting to Shanghai your legislative authority and the states are sovereign. They run their own fiscal things. Do you do you object to the constitutional partisan a partisan move? You know, the Democrats crammed this bill through without a single Republican vote. It was, uh, look, I, I was pushing for a compromise, Bill. I, I talked to the president. I talked to leaders of Congress on both sides. Uh, I'm the chairman of this group, No Labels. It has the Problem Solvers Caucus that we reached agreement on the last stimulus bill that was a middle ground that Republicans and Democrats could support. Uh, instead, uh, they chose to ignore and cram through this bill that's just laden with an extra trillion dollars of goodies uh, and uh you know, some of it, you know, the, the, the Republicans were saying uh, this shouldn't go to bail out, you know, blue states uh, where they, uh, you know, they weren't doing a good job of, uh, of uh, fiscal responsibility. And uh, this was just going to bail them out. And the, the flip side on the Democrats where we don't want to, you know, just send this money down to Republican governors or red states and have them, uh, you know, you know, send it back to the taxpayers. So that it, that, that was the divide. And that's one of the one of the big failures on not reaching any kind of compromise. 
But it is an imposition on your inherent sovereignty. Do you find that to be a, a departure from our constitutional structure? Yeah, well, I'm not a constitutional uh, scholar or lawyer, but uh, it, it certainly seems that that's a pretty good argument. And I'm sure that we're going to have some discussions among the governors about that. Now, I want to turn very quickly, if I can, to the homeless. In Maryland, there are apparently 7,000 homeless in your state, 2,100 of them in Baltimore. Baltimore is getting $600 million. That's an addition of $3.9 billion Maryland's getting. Is there any excuse for anyone to be homeless in America after that kind of a uh, spray down of money? Well, it certainly, it certainly seems to me that with that kind of money, you should be able to, uh, uh, you know, address uh, problems like that. I mean, look, if it, the, 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 the purported uh, reason for this stimulus is to help the, the people that really need help the most. And, uh, you know, if we can't if we can't take people off the streets uh, with all these uh, trillions of dollars, then uh, it, it seems like it would be uh, a failure. Do you trust Baltimore with six hundred million dollars, Governor? Well, they've, they haven't had a long track record of fiscal responsibility, I can tell you that. Uh, this, the state uh, pours a lot of money into the city, but they, uh, they sometimes are not the best stewards of that money. And I, 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 hopefully that we'll be able to work with them and convince them to use it in the right ways and work together in a partnership at the federal, state, and local level. But, uh, you know, time will tell. Uh, that that doesn't sound like a great big vote of confidence in the city fathers and mothers of Baltimore. Well, you know, uh, I'm, let's say I'm going to remain hopeful and uh, try to work with them the best we can. I, I <laughs> guess uh, I, I'm like Ronald Reagan, you know, trust but verify. Well, I just uh, good luck on that one. Good luck with four four billion dollars, Governor. Think about I hope they don't put too many strings on it. Sue them if they did. It's just simply, gosh, it's a constitutional nightmare. I appreciate yeah. your taking the time. Good to talk to you, Governor. Yep, thank you. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership program offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Jerry Boyer of Town Hall Finance for townhall.com. The Congressional Budget Office just released its new debt figures. The national debt this year will top 102% of GDP. This has only happened twice before, both during World War II. This number does not count the proposed $1.9 trillion stimulus bill, nor does it count the money which was borrowed from Social Security, since that's considered intergovernmental debt. Debt levels this high break the intergenerational covenant that we have with our children and grandchildren. FDR borrowed to defeat the Nazis and Imperial Japan. Money well spent. Reagan borrowed to defeat the Soviet Union. That was also money well spent. These great projects made the world better for future generations. But our political class is not buying victories against international threats. They are buying political victories for incumbents. This is nothing more than fiscal abuse, and our kids will pay the price. It needs to stop now. I'm Jerry Boyer. The Pepperdine School of Public Policy, America's unique graduate program for leaders. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu.